Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Culture. Give me the dead man, because I'm ready to gong. Let's have a phenom. What you wrestling for? He's big and he's spooky, and he wears a hat. So give me the dead man. Pitbull, rest in peace. East, east. Oh, he, oh, I'm Adam Wilmore from What Culture. You're my Phil Chambers. I'm Michael Amphrit from What Culture to discuss... All the goings on in wrestling this week. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Phil Chambers and Michael Hamflit. And there's only one place we can start. It relates to that epic song at the beginning, Michael Hamflet. If anyone has been living under a rock, they won't know that The Undertaker introduced Pitbull in his show this week. If anybody's been living under a rock, they won't notice that it looks like The Undertaker's been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> Is I it you posted the Prince, Prince <laughs> uh, not Prince Andrew, Prince Philip photo? Yeah, it might have been. Dead man driving. Um... I thought, I, f- I always forget about the song. I was a special guest on Rest Culture and I always get surprised by it. As always. I thought you were just going to give us a bit of a Friday treat there. I thought you were going to get fruit. I thought, give me the dead man because he's wearing a hat. Give me the dead man because he's a fucking twat. Um, no, the brilliant. This is brilliant. Um, long have we campaigned to normalise thinking The Undertaker was rubbish. I want this to be an okay opinion. If you're not an Undertaker guy, it's time for you to have the freedom to feel that. Um... So this is a great time for, for us lot in that specific <laughs> community because for all these years that he was the uh, tobacco-chewing, wrestler's court judge. Desert boom, visiting. Desert visiting, 120 degrees, poontang pie, aficionado. Uh, seems like he needs a few quid, doesn't it? Otherwise, he wouldn't be taking his gimmick to Saudi Arabia to introduce Pitbull. Hey, come on, it's Saudi. It's not just a few quid. Is uh, it? it's, it's a lot of quid. <laughs> it's Pitbull. It's Mr. Worldwide. It is a lot. It's Mr. Worldwide. Uh, to put it in the Undertaker's words, Mr. 305. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love the idea that for years and years, there would have been people paid up, giant men wrestling for WWE, bigger than all of us, like melded into one person that would have ran in fear 
from The Undertaker in the corridors of WWE, this overgrown school playground. Taping his fist before yeah. the main event of Mania to all make that sure s- they do this business correctly. All that sort of stuff. And he's had to pack his pantomime gear to introduce Pitbull to a bunch of like young screaming Pitbull fans. <laughs> it's just great. I really hoped he does that. You know, Pitbull's got his like, yee-hoo! <laughs> Mr. Worldwide! <laughs> I, I just... Like, this this all sounds like Schadenfreude, doesn't it? I'm just like, look, he's just earning an honest living. Well, it's not that honest in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> well, it's not, well, it's not a living, it's an indignity. He's just he's getting paid to do a thing. So, fair play, Mark. I I just had a really nice time with this clip. A really nice time with it. <laughs> Phil, we called this at Survivor Series last year with that weird MIDI version of his song. And then going, that's it. That's the last you'll ever see of him. Bollocks. No way he's done. He's got to have one more match because, well, a bit like Shawn Michaels, he's kind of tarnished a bit of his legacy here in a very different way in Saudi Arabia. 100% one more match. Where's WrestleMania next year? In Texas. Where's the dead man from? Texas. Bring it back. Damian Priest and Bad Bunny versus Taker and Pitbull. <laughs> Screw it. Make it a triple threat. Chuck Biggie and Wally in there. Let's have a party. <laughs> WrestleMania party. I'm sure I saw Undertaker. The Graveyard Dogs. Just a different dog. I'm on the hook. I, I, think <laughs> I forget everything I said about The Undertaker before. Someone responded to my tweet about it, because I, I, I literally had one morning off, because we were doing a, a late stream with me and you, Phil, doing the Crown Jewel thing. So I didn't had the morning off. I wake up, and Andy Murray's going, well, there's The Undertaker introducing uh, Pitbull. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and someone responded, the graveyard perros. And I was like, brilliant. Sorry, just to be very clear, because I want to make sure I'm praising the right team here. Are we talking about the graveyard dogs the Undertaker and Roman Reigns, or The Undertaker and Prince Philip's Corgis. <laughs> I, I just need to know which one's which. No, um, I, the, I heard, like, there was an under, I think it was on YouTube, so I don't think this was like, you know, through the WWE Network or anything. The Undertaker was actually talking about that final farewell at Survivor Series, and he said, that wasn't even my card! <laughs> so I guess WrestleMania in Texas is his real goodbye card. Yeah, he's got to have one more match, hasn't he? Um, Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah. Even <laughs> Pitbull, probably. <laughs> Give us, like... The graveyard dogs explode. Give us Roman Taker too, because that first one was such a piss take. Like, let's have more of like Undertaker falling over trying to tombstone him. <laughs> I'd love this version of Roman to go up against. Oh Taker. yes, <laughs> just like where like a Superman punch would turn him to dust. It'd be like when um, Buffy used to stab the vampires. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a proper setup, <laughs> wouldn't it? And unsur- uh, surprisingly, I should say, actually. The Pitbull Pitbull concert wasn't the highlight of the week in Saudi Arabia. That, shockingly, Hamlet, was Crown Jewel, the best Saudi WWE show ever. Yeah. Uh, It's Friday. We've previewed SmackDown. Crown Jewel fallout we had on it. I know you guys did an excellent job at the review last night. Um, Available wherever you get your podcasts. If I say Crown Jewel was a good show, I have been sports washed. And if there's one thing I didn't feel after last night was clean. (laughs) <laughs> I felt disgusting. Um, it was a weird feeling. Like, yeah, objectively, a good show. You uh, loved you loved Edge Rollins 3. Really, really did. Uh, against all my better judgments, against a lot of the promo work that I thought was really cheesy. Um, I thought the match was absolutely tremendous. I like seeing... I sometimes feel sorry for millionaire Seth Rollins. It, it's not in my nature to feel sorry for a guy with all the advantages that life can offer. And... Every now and then I feel a bit sorry for him. I think I wouldn't say he's underrated, but I think sometimes he's slightly underappreciated as a bit of a general. And I thought 
over the course of this feud, but especially in the Hell in a Cell, um, Edge brought that back out of him, and it was nice to see him in a something. You could just see he was really had like a fire under his belly, and it was like he was willing to that you know that crazy bump where he bounced off the self ring. But more like there was so much to this match that just made. I Seth think Rollins like going into this, it was an opportunity to rewrite his wrongs in Hell in a Cell as well. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Try and, even though they still brought the bloody toolbox out because they're going to remind people somehow. Yeah. Uh, they, like that match completely. Just like that, the Bray Wyatt thing, let's just forget about that. This is me in Hell in a Cell. This is what I can do. Mm. It's a lot of Seth stuff. We were talking about this on another pod, Will, and there was a tease yesterday, which they were doing a match sometimes with tools, but it would just be silly, really. Like a guy holding a tool over someone's eye before Michael Cole had to say, and he has done that before. <laughs> like he has taken a guy's eye out in the past. <laughs> Seth Rollins <laughs> has endured so much nonsense because that's the life of a full-time WWE wrestler now that there's a lot of things like that. There's a lot of comparisons you can draw, whether it be a daft Hell in a Cell match or taking somebody's eye out or all the other like ridiculous things Seth Rollins has been required to do in this strange contemporary... He's going to go in the Hall of Fame off the back of his career, and yet loads of it's been weird. <laughs> so it was just nice to have this... I don't, I'm reticent to say pure because it took place on Crown Jewel, but just a real thoroughbred of a pro wrestling match. And yeah, the more we praise it, the more we do everything that WWE and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia hope for, which is not talk about human rights violations... Um, shout out to the Newcastle United fans who listen to this podcast who now have to contend with this every single week of their football support in life. It's not always awful being on the other side of the North East Divide. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, gosh, must be bloody feeling it today, Phil. We've replayed that bump that Seth took off the top Loved rope that bump so into much. the cell, through the table. 12 hours on a plane afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was hoping it would stay on the tarmac again. <laughs> I could do with a sleep, to be honest. Stick us up in that hotel that Vince got us in last time. I mean, he got, he got, I mean, Edge would have felt it pretty bad as well, coming off the top rope at, at his age with a <laughs> chair doing an elbow drop or, you know, sort of elbow drop with yeah. a chair there and Seth and the stairs and... <laughs> The ice the ladder and then, sunset flip that went remarkably well. And the and the the we watched the slow-mo kick of the boot covered in a chain to his <laughs> face. Jesus. Pull it a little bit, Seth. Come on, you have got a big hunk of metal wrapped around your foot. Just just pull it a little bit. <laughs> but the key thing here was Riddle came out on a camel. Well, yeah, obviously. What else is there to talk about as soon as How he much do you think a camel costs? Is this it's not a joke, this. This is a genuinely serious. Oh, I thought this was a bit. I thought there was going to be a guy. We looked oh, this up. A hundred pounds. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. How much is it, Phil? In dollars? Only for an intact yeah. male camel. By that, it means you can still produce okay. more yeah. little okay. camels. Okay. Little <laughs> camel balls. Uh, $7,000. See, where, before you said intact, I was wondering if you were just giving me the price off Salt Bay's menu. Because <laughs> I assume putting them so close to the pyro last night was to barbecue them. Like, like Cody nearly did to his dog that time. Like, I just thought, is that right? Could you really have animals so close to the pyro? Like, there were no selling it, to be fair to them. They like, were, yeah. it, it wasn't like Undertaker at Elimination Chamber 2010. Like, the camel's like, yeah, whatever. To be fair, but, the amount they love it, bloody fireworks in Saudi, they're probably used to it. Oh, <laughs> it, it, is, it is Riyadh season, as we were told about repeatedly last night. There's a lot of fireworks, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's going into my uh, weird, I said this to Phil on the review, my weird bank in my head, like the celebrity wing of Hall of Fame, which has got like Eo Shrine jumping off the cell with a bin on her head, mm-hmm. Riddle coming out in a camel. There's a selection of those that are just like, did that actually happen in wrestling? Just I hope it just becomes a part of his character now and they never really address it again, but every time he just comes out on a camel. Yeah. And then he does like, he jumps off the back of the camel, kicks his flip-flops in the air, lands in the ring. Why well, the camel kicks some flip-flops at the same time as well? <laughs> I mean, perfect. You've got the actual perfect pro wrestler right there. 
and just like does a comma version of the splits where it just lands on its belly, but it's cool. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. I wonder if like the scooter was legitimately like lost by the airline company. <laughs> and they were like, we got anything that Riddle can ride down the ringside on. <laughs> Bingo. Like there's somebody points at a camel. Riddle I hope board. he at least does a camel clutch on Riddle. Come on. Yeah, come Very on. He's got well, on a camel. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> to the camel. <laughs> it's, it's a weird show to review, isn't it? Because I'm now going to say, was this the best women's match in, in oh. Saudi as well? Doodrop versus Selena Vega. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, the only down that Miller gave the show didn't give the camel a golden up. I'm furious with him. Um, but what a, what a great triple threat they had. Yeah. Um, w- uh, on the preview, I think it was, I said the comparison to look for was the WrestleMania 32 Women's title, the reintroduction of the women's title, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky. Story went out the window. It was like, right, how much can we pack in to try and steal the show? And I think they did as good a job as any here. It was, um, it's so weird, man. Like, I can't, I, I know I'm boring. I'm sorry, Anna. I know it's dull. Like, the match was really great. There was loads of, they had obviously spent so much time um, thinking about the ways that they could bring their key killer spots together, double versions of moves. The one-arm press slam. Oh, it, like yeah. all of that sort of stuff is so carefully thought about, and it's not just thought about as a spot. It's like, well, how, where do we weave that in? When do you deliver that? Like, a, uh, in terms of physically, how do you weave it in? How do you get from A to B to C? But also, when is it going to be best executed for the story, of the match? Because this is more threatening than this, and so on and so on and so on. And it's all got to build to a finish where somebody is distracted enough for the other one to get the pin. All that sort of stuff. I wish I could just say that and that be the end, and that what we saw was on Extreme Rules because all of that happened. And, uh, you know, God forbid what would happen if we saw those women's elbows. <laughs> uh, like, that's it. Like, I, I, WWE will continue to tell us that they've made enormous strides forward because last night there was two women's matches on, you know, more than your standard dynamite. <laughs> uh, Jessica Carr was refereeing, I noticed. Yeah. Which yeah, again felt matches. like another leap. Renee had done commentary once before. All of this is like going back to the first show in 2018 where they were saying, we're going to... We're going to make steps in it. Like one thing, yeah. one day at a time, we'll, we'll get there and stuff. We, we're going to fix Saudi Arabia. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not. You're just going to serve to remind us of what this deal is. Those outfits, as great as they were, and all the T-shirts and all that sort of stuff, personalised to the wrestlers, were a constant reminder, even when the match was good, of the ludicrous situation they found themselves in in the first place. It sucks. It just sucks, this. Mm. Never, never sanction this. Ever. For the... 10-year duration of this deal, and longer if WWE can get away with it, I bet, because there's nothing more profitable than this. Never, ever, ever sanction this as okay. Like, if you, and it's not just us, if there's other wrestling media you listen to or follow or subscribe to, and you don't feel like they're taking this cause seriously, like, hold them to account. Yeah. Because we can do so little. Capitalism, we're born into this system. We are all complicit to it in ways that we don't have any control over. Same as the fans in the building, by the way, because these are separate things. I don't hold it against the audience in the crowd that are just having a nice time. Yeah. Children weren't born and weren't born, and then day one thought, do you know what I want to do now that I'm five is uh, commit a human <laughs> rights atrocity. They're just there to see their favourite wrestlers. Yeah. Um, it's all these different things all at once, and it's why it's so hard to have the argument. But I know it's boring to some people, but keep it being said. Keep the energy up mm. for every single one of these gross things and remember it the next time you're pretty pissed off with a standard WWE show because it's like, well, that's what this company is. So it's okay to not like the guts of this yeah. organisation. In better news, Phil, Xavier Woods is king of the ring. Hey. <laughs> it was really nice. That was nice. Which it was really nice. Just, who knew? Just actually, once in a while, giving the fans actually what they want. Not just what they want, what they kind of expect as well. Mm. 
it really works what, out, and what, it ends in a really what, nice moment. What was it you were saying at the end of the show? We were wrapping up, and he's like, so on this show, we've had very little screwy finishes. Yeah. yeah. The rewarding of like a five-year journey and a hometown victory. <laughs> Maybe the Saudi shows aren't all bad yet. <laughs> Completely goes against and that's everything how, and that's WWE how we get goes for. And that's how we get you, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the, Should we do our best show at WrestleMania? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. SummerSlam. Yeah, crowd's back, yeah. Crown Jewel, nailed it. <laughs> How? How do they not have this mindset for every other show they do? Like, obviously, it works. Like, obviously, you can do the obvious thing, and it makes people really happy and want to, like, support Xavier Woods and go on to see what he does now with the crown because he's going to be entertaining no matter what it is. I'm so excited for SmackDown tonight. Oh, I can't wait for his royal decrees. <laughs> Just quit with your shenanigans once in a while, WWE. It makes for good stuff. Sounds to me like you're not watching a certain luminous show on a Tuesday night, Phil. <laughs> I'm telling you, oh, uh, show with three initials. It is. <laughs> not what you thought it was. The best show of the week. <laughs> if you're not watching it, you're missing out. I'm, I, don't at me. But <laughs> finally, what we, we talked more in detail uh, about this show last night, me and Phil, so do go and check that out if you want a more detailed review of Crown Jewel. But finally, Hamlet, Goldberg went over 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, but you, you sh- a sentence should have ended with Goldberg went over. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fine. The match was genuinely fine. Why? Why? It was Bobby Lashley booked to lose to Bill Goldberg. One day, right, this is WWE's philosophy now. We've been in this era of legends coming back for their hot shot and winning like winning big matches, defeating the, the current guys forever now. So the one thing we know from that is if they're so committed to that philosophy, you need the legends to keep appearing. You, you need the legends. You So you need new legends. In 10 years' time, Bobby Lashley is going to be 10 years older and be the one that's supposed to come back. And we're, there's a guy that we don't even know yet. Let's pluck somebody from NXT 2.0, shall we? With pleasure. Tony D'Angelo yes. is, the, is the present day star of Monday Night Raw. And he's like, hey, I'm sitting there with some gabagool. There ain't no J Bros left for me to fight. And then Bobby Lashley's music hits, and a lot of people are like, Christ, he's old, his spear's a bit rubbish. <laughs> he nearly injured somebody with his jackhammer. But, like, you really shouldn't be doing the Dominator anymore. It's still The Undertaker, because he still needs a payday. He's like, <laughs> you shouldn't have done the Dominator on The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Um, and we're going to get Tony D'Angelo versus old guy Bobby Lashley. Only old guy Bobby Lashley is nowhere near as over as old guy Goldberg, because <laughs> he was losing when he was the young guy. I'm not saying he's young. I'm not saying this is like a 25-year-old being, mm-hmm. like, battered by a, a 50-year-old dar of a teenager but like did he really need the win match was match was interesting match filled the time but like did he really need to win i thought it was such an odd choice mm. i thought i was a better with it when they you know all the bells and whistles of spearing someone off a goddamn stage and that fall yeah. that they took. that was high wasn't it yeah that was high surprise because i i thought oh i won't remember him just getting you know two minutes pick you know spear jackhammer one two three like we got with kevin owens for example which I thought really undercutting completely. I still feel like, you know, maybe this writes Lashley off for a bit, which I think might actually be really beneficial for him in the Hurt Business to come back. We talked about this last night. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought Goldberg really seemed to give his all in this one, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. I still think you just need to take one day, head to the Performance Center, and figure out how to do the spear into the turnbuckle thing. Because he <laughs> really can't. Time, and he does. does it every time. And he hits his head on the post every time. <laughs> and you, like, you must be getting sick of it yourself at some point. <laughs> You're like, God damn it, I've done it again. I'm just going to go and learn how to do this move. How about that? Do you think what he's actually doing here is he's, he got told by WWE, stop concussing yourself on a locker. And he's like, <laughs> I've thought of a workaround for this. <laughs> and he, he calls to Bobby Lashley, Miss Spear. He's like, yes, here I go. <laughs> 
So you mentioned there about legends coming back, and we found out this week the return of Retro Raw is coming our way probably early next year. You Not sent. a part of me thought you were going to say the return of Retribution. <laughs> <laughs> but is this, what do you think about this in terms of it's, it's going to? And I'm very excited because we can do our fun podcast pitching a backstage segment from a tombola of names that I'm going <laughs> to bring in. But is this a bit of an indictment of WWE? Because it always pops a rating for them, but it's diminishing returns quite possibly. Yeah, um, just so long, AEW. It was a fun ride, um, but Diesel's going to work on Monday in 2022. <laughs> so game over. No, it, I, it's, we've had this one before. It was Raw 25 was a huge reckoning for me personally um, because I was so hyped for that show and they'd seemingly brought so many people in. It was going to be across two venues, two hot venues, and it was a minging show that had zero, less than zero thought put into it. The way they did it killed the crowd in both venues. <laughs> both venues, like w- one of which had paid four figures for tickets, some of them were locked in the <laughs> yeah. building even when they tried to leave. Legends brought out to smile and wave, like Steve Austin not being permitted to say one word. Um, I drew money. Uh, like the Just an awful night. And from that point on, that's where it's felt like the returns have been so diminished because you've realised that they can't, book these shows. So yes, I think it will pop a number. It's always the advert, isn't it? It's always what they've... Remember when it was like the guest host era, which I'm not advocating for a return of, but it was like, we need one name a week because you're going to tune in for John Cena, Batista, whoever. We need one name that's that extra segment popper. The philosophy now is we need like 50 people. <laughs> like, who's your favourite novelty act that we might not have brought back? Were you, a, were you a Kelly Kelly guy? Were you a Sid guy? Were you a Kevin Nash guy? Whomever it is. Too cool. There it is. Too cool. Well, I mean, you know, yes. some of them. But, like, <laughs> it's, uh, whoever you guys are, you've got to hope that they're the ones that are going to get that phone call. Um, and WWE will basically try and farm as many people as possible through the door in order to make that so. We're going back, even with The Undertaker's Farewell, didn't it? It was, like, big Savio Vegas coming in. And for this time, the crowd being silent is not because they're desperately disappointed. It's because they're not there in person. <laughs> um, it's, I, it's It might pop a number, but even then, I don't think it'll... I think we're long past the point that it does the spike that it used to. Do you think they're going to actually recognise what Hamlet's alluded to there and start, you know, I, I, for example, when we talked about this on the news this week, said, great, have Austin Theory pretend to fawn over some legend and deck him and beat him, maybe even beat him in a match to get him a bit over. Like if Randy Orton came along in 2020, 2021 sort of time, could he be the legend killer or would he lose after about three <laughs> matches? Like, are they going to learn from this and hopefully try and benefit their current stars by elevating them alongside the legends? Or are they going to have them kiss ass like they often do? I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> I mean, Baron Corbin's going to get super kicked and someone's going to get left out of a group hug and feel really sad again. Sorry, Seth. Do you know the other problem it's... with this as well? Sorry, Phil. Retro Raws that probably really kind of came to pass from like 2007 onwards when there was Raw 15th anniversary or something like that. They hadn't really done it much up to that point. And then they realised there was a lot of fun to be had. I remember like Battle Royals where like the Mean Street Posse would be there or whatever. Like retro Raw, we're in 2021. Okay, like let's let's go to, I use that year out of like 2007, 2008. That's retro now, isn't it? Are you talking like 14, 15 years ago? Who could we get from that era of Monday Night Raw to be in a retro war? Maybe we could get Bobby Lashley. Or MVP, or John Morrison, or Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Let's bring all these legends Shame back. Sh- bring all these legends back, I say. Like, Jeff Hardy, what's he up to these days? I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen these guys for 10 years. Like, they're still there. <laughs> just, just 
They're the retro guys now. And the ones that aren't there is Triple H, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and like the NWO. Yeah. And that's it. That's all they ever bring out. Maybe The Undertaker comes out and does a tombstone and then wanders off again. Like it's always the exact same guys Vince every <laughs> single time. It's a man going like, uh, right, guys, huge opportunity. Time for you to grab the brass ring. Who wants to get by Road Dog? <laughs> <laughs> what if they were like, you're going to bring back a, a star from Raw back in the day? Jeremy Piven, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bad from the Summerfest. You'd call it Retro Smackdown, wouldn't <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Um, speaking of Raw and SmackDown... We're on the road to Survivor Series now. Phil, how are you feeling about brand warfare? Same as I feel every single year. (laughs) Completely uninterested. Will Bond's currently having to part me and Phil from fighting each other because Phil knows that I bleed blue. And I, <laughs> I hate the red brand. Where's my red light? There's a, turn on my we red actually, light. We did have some brand war for a while, but didn't we? we you did, and yeah. Gareth, yeah. And then we, we were like, ah, you've got Lord Sullivan. And then you were like, ah, you've got the entire Seth Rollins bollocks. <laughs> Nobody wanted the fiend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It's the same thing every year. It normally ends up in a decent pay-per-view mm. with some matches. The problem with it is the point that they put the draft every single goddamn year. If they put the draft, the night after Survivor Series, it'd kind of make sense because at that point, Survivor Series, the cross-brand matchups would be things that, oh, we might not get to see this for a while or and we've not seen this in ages. And now... And if the, someone, like, costs someone in a five-on-five match, like, punch him in the dick or whatever and then yeah. they get rolled up and then the next night, it's like, hello, I go here now. Yeah, or make it so who, whichever brand wins gets the first pick in the draft, whatever. Like, it doesn't even matter... Like how small the stipulation is. At least there's something on the line. Second there. fifteen of the rumble was always a popular one, wasn't it? You get the like the brand gets the second fifteen spots yeah. in the Royal Rumble, and they're like, so you know that number one, if you've, your brand lost, like you're going to be disadvantaged in the biggest opportunity of your yeah. career. Sort of. And like something like that, you could do with like before you could have the draft where it normally is now, because at least like it doesn't 
you're not like you're asking people to fight for a brand that they've been on for like two weeks or something at that point. And like, why would they care in all of this? Like, so if they had something that they actually fought for that was actually going to benefit them down the line, like in kayfabe, obviously, like that gives you a reason to care and a reason why people would be passionate about winning for SmackDown. And the TV shows en route can be like insufferable. It, it, we make the joke all the time, but WWE's reliance on can these coexist? It's just that multiplied by five. So <laughs> Team Raw, let's say, is made up of rivals because they're typically in a feud. And it's like, no, you have to coexist as benefit this month. So it's just intra-team fighting. And then over on SmackDown, it's like, well, they can't coexist either. <laughs> and, and if they could, like hypothetically, let's just say a Raw team can't coexist. And then SmackDown, somebody like Sonya Deville, whoever, is put in charge of like getting the SmackDown team together. And she says, you know what, Annie? Why don't I just get like five baby faces and I'll just get along? I've been watching Raw and none of them can make it work. <laughs> just... Be logical about this. Like, rather than mixing the teams, have five baby faces. Are we all just mates? Yeah, should we win? Yeah. Uh, like, the thing so with it that doesn't make any sense. Like, you say, get Sonya Deville to do that. But, like, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce, they both kind of run both roles yeah. back down. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even true, yeah. ever been certain what whose job's what and what they actually it do. It should be about the, the robot and the Fox yeah. robot guy, shouldn't it? It should That's... be Fox versus USA. And yeah. Let's go all in with this. It's, uh, it's really straightforward, how to fix it. Because, like, on paper, the... Brand warfare in terms of like champion versus champions, really intriguing this year. You've got, I mean, they may well, they probably will, if they've got any sense, do Roman versus Brock rematch for the Universal Championship at Survivor Series. We'll see how that plays out on SmackDown tonight. But if they don't do that, it's Roman versus Big E, it's Becky versus Charlotte, it's RK Bro versus the Usos. Like, there's some great matches instantly there. It's Damian Priest versus Shinsuke. Like, they've got some great matches. If you mix in stakes with that, and like you say, just don't necessarily have to have the invasion angles of, of these five red... Oh, no, there's a bunch of guys in blue T-shirts. <laughs> what are they doing here? It, it is relatively straightforward to fix this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, um, like, Phil made the most important point about this beforehand. In spite of all of this, the pay-per-views tend to be quite good. Um, Survivor Series, like they're not always home runs, but there's not been many bad Survivor Series since they started doing this, and they've relied on it too much because it does just completely polax about a month of television. But by and large, the pay per views themselves sort of deliver on the night. There's a bit of angle advancement when you do have the infighting in the teams, as you say. You get these; they're not they're far away from dream matches, but you get like theoretical dream yeah. matches because when would we see these people fight? Well, about two weeks before. When October, <laughs> when they were on the same show, but yeah, like you, you get that feeling. It's like very, very fake and forced hype. But the wrestlers buy into it so much that on the night there's kind of a, a pretty cool energy about it. So I think it's just because it it's a creatively lazy organization, and this is easier than trying to line up the old Survivor Series. Here we go back and murder. Like it's a five on five match featured five separate rivalries <laughs> of the partners coming together. WWE hasn't got five feuds happening now. So that's why you couldn't do that. Like, that is the fundamental reason why you'll not get a Survivor Series the old-fashioned way, and this is just there easy. Vince McMahon, he's really old. There's nothing wrong with being really old. Everyone gets there. It's one of life's only inevitabilities, and even Vince McMahon is trying to stave it off. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard, in order to keep his job, has just been like, how can I just keep this a bit simpler with Vince? Well, those are red guys, and those are blue guys. <laughs> like, it's just something that you can see and understand. Those are the colour of the ketchup on your steak wrap. Those are the colour of the balls that you keep your mid-card with. <laughs> Go. Right, that's it. 
You talk about like old school Survivor Series. The best thing that they can do for Survivor Series now is sack off brand warfare, sack off the five and five, sack off trying to get as many people as possible onto one pay per view. Bring back the Deadly Game tournament. And yeah, you're set. Yeah, Perfect, like make that. it something completely different. One night tournament. Like super invested in all of that because there's loads of stories that you can build towards it. Or Just do, do that again. Or do the thing you couldn't do last year because of COVID. Have an XT involved in it because yeah. I want a team of five people involving Donnie D'Angelo. Oh, and, I do now, yeah. <laughs> and Hardland and <laughs> Joe Gacy and that. I do have a. There is a flaw in that plan though. What the colour would the t-shirt be? <laughs> just, anything, just wear what you want, basically. And that's the NXT colour scheme. They'd have to do it like CG it somehow, so all the colours randomly change colour. <laughs> they just have to wear green. Before we get to this week's hashtag bloody good quiz, a quick question uh, outside of WWE and AEW, Phil, and that is uh, regarding Impact Wrestling mm. and the potential impending arrival of someone who used to be known as Braun Strowman. I think this is the right move for, for Impact and, and for Braun as well? I think he's a really good fit for Impact. Like, um, although the bit around the outside of the ring is a bit smaller, so he won't be able to go very fast for his choo-choo <laughs> train bit. Um, but I think he's a, a different attraction there. There's no one else like Braun Strowman on that roster at all. I think he can stand out in that system, and I think he will bring some eyes. I'm not going to say a lot of eyes, but he'll bring some eyes to Impact as a sort of new thing and a new product and like, oh, where's this guy gone? Like, oh, he's popped up here. I think it's kind of a no-brainer for Impact to get like guys like him and Bray Wyatt as well. Like, mm. let's get these guys while they still can because they fit within the storylines that they do over there. They still have like quite a bit of the sports entertainment kind of side of thing as much as they like still have the wrestling heavy stuff with like the X Division and stuff like that. And yeah, he'll stand out and be a little bit different for them. And I think it's a good fit. Yeah, I think um, Impact at this point, of they have got, it's, it's minuscule, but they've got this core audience that never grows beyond spikes. So whether it's uh, Kenny Omega making his first appearance with the AEW title on that Wednesday Impact with Don Callis, and then I suppose a couple of the subsequent matches that followed, you get these occasional rating spikes, you get these occasional buy rate spikes, and even... It never goes away though either. Like yeah, that audience is there forever. Their Thick core audience thin. stick <laughs> around, you know, and... I think every now and then you get a bit of passing interest or a, there's a one angle that maybe catches fire. Like it, it doesn't age well now at all, but I think about Tessa Blanchard fighting for the title. Like they'll find ways to get buzz on occasions. And I think Braun is buzz. I think it's short term. I think it's um, unlikely that beyond Braun's first and maybe second programs, people will still think, I've got to see what Adam Scher is doing in the impact zone. Mm -hmm. You know, after feud one and feud two. Adam! <laughs> I like. Does he love me? It's a shame, actually, because what culture never trademarked? Get these Adams! <laughs> but he could do that now. Um, there's something in the first couple of feuds with him in terms of naughty value, in terms of the kind of things you. And I speak from experience because I watched out for Big Cass's first couple of things. Hey, you know. Yeah. So. Um, Hey, when we get Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn. <laughs> Not Sami Zayn, <laughs> uh, Sami Callahan. Sammy Callahan. <laughs> I'm on board for him beating the hell out of him with a steel chair. Yeah. But Braun is a guy that came through that WWE system, probably in his gut and his heart believes that WWE is the only place for him, is the only place where wrestling lives, really. And he's got to be looking at this as as have other impact talents, yeah, LA Knight, Series C3, the likes, that can find a way back. He's a giant... Vince McMahon will never fully tire of giants and he could just forget that he sacked him in the first place. <laughs> if he makes enough of an impression and impact for a year, year and a half, 
gets a bit of buzz, and then gets back on Vince's radar. That'll probably be his long game, and comes back for the second run where he's got you know those poor knees of his. He put the work in. Like when that when that 2016 2017 run, he went hard yeah. physically. So it's time to like just freshen himself up down there with a view of probably getting one last big guy run in yeah. WWE, I guess. So, like, and fair play to him as well. Like, this is ultimately what, um, when we talk about, are oh, the more places that are running, the better, the more places there are for us to work. This is kind of what we mean, because Braun Strowman's a giant. He's built fundamentally for how WWE does business, and yet they've let him go. So guys like him would fall off the map. This has allowed him to potentially keep a living in wrestling. He's in one of the weird positions as well, where he's like he is a pure WWE guy, like sort of mm. born and bred almost in the WWE image. Like only like Zack Ryder springs to mind as a guy who's been released. That's like kind of just pure WWE. It'd be like them letting and Charlotte Flair go, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, and like Zack Ryder's managed to reinvent himself, like oh, yeah. the GCW yeah. stuff quite well. But I don't know how Braun Strowman does that. Like he just seems like sports entertainment through and through. Mm. He d- I wish he'd not. Didn't he price himself crazy high yeah. for the Indies? Like big guys look even bigger, yeah. small venues. So I hope that come... Getting Wrestle- in like a 16-foot ring would be ridiculous. Well, this is it. <laughs> if we get WrestleMania weekend back the way it used to be with all those countless shows happening WrestleMania week, that would be the weekend to lower his price. And if he turns up in the cluster f- or something like that, he's bigger than 10 of the guys in that match stood on each other's shoulders. Yeah. So like, he's perfect for that scenario. So I hope this like journey into something different maybe opens his eyes to wrestling's possibilities. And of course, Impact... Like I'm not, I'm saying this only from a special guest point of view. Impact, of course, does have one end of the forbidden door, doesn't it? So much like Katsuyori Shibata's return for New Japan, what you can do because of the way wrestling's opened up is think not just about what you could mm-hmm. do there, but what you could do one random Wednesday in Jacksonville one one time, you know, and, and that's quite fun too. Who knows, maybe he'll show up at Bound for Glory this weekend. Looks like a great pay-per-view to be here. Christian Cage defending the Impact World Championship against Josh Alexander. There is a call-your-shot gauntlet with 15, according to Wikipedia, TBA competitors. Maybe he's going to be in there with Rich Swan and Moose and Big Cass and all that, basically. And... Former WCPW wrestlers across this card, including El Fantasmo, challenging for the X Division Championship, who, if you've never seen before, is jaw-dropping. <laughs> uh, and uh, also a quite exciting-looking Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship match that I might be keeping an eye on. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> putting it out there. But enjoy Bound for Glory this weekend. I cannot Their advertising wait. for that show has been really weird. It's basically, look at all these uh, people we've had once upon a time. They might be there. They might not. <laughs> Who knows? It shows how quickly wrestling moves in 2021 that the first Bound for Glory trailer had Samojo in it. Yeah. <laughs> he was fired at that be point. There. It was before he came back to NXT. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. But enough of all this. It's now time for a good quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by Henning... Either Henning IX or Henning Nine. <laughs> if you want your name associated with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz, leave us a five star review on iTunes. I mean, Henning hasn't left us a five star review. He's left us a two star review. Right? Oh. Well, I thought I'd read it because it tickled me a great deal. So I'm not sure if you two are aware of this. But I can't. I like that. That's Let's... like a considered bad review. Yes, <laughs> it is. But I don't want this to encourage people. Like no. we, we want these five star reviews because we want to rig we want to rig algorithms. Don't send two star reviews. Just in, if you banter us off in a two star review and like you think, oh well, this will really make Wilborn the lads laugh. I it'll also drop us down the charts, and that's more important to us than our friends and family. Exactly. So five stars, please. Yeah, slag us off, but give us five stars. Yeah. All right, but whatever you want in the comments, it can be nasty, it can be nice, but Christ, put the five stars yeah. on it. I mean, we are we are the number one UK wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So I also, alongside the many podcasts that reviews, previews, get the tables, etc., the report, I also released some of the lists we release on What Culture Wrestling's YouTube channel. Because it was a nice way, little ten minute, to, you know, list you can consume mm. once you're out and about. Henning writes. The best part of consuming What Culture as a podcast instead of on YouTube is that you can screen which presenters are featured on a given episode. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many lists I've abandoned on YouTube within three Weasley syllables from Wilborn. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think he's done that deliberately? Is the Weasley line a very clever sort of dig at me being ginger, or is that just just oh, him? Oh, you do run, run, run. Yeah. That is, aye, that's smart. But yeah. Thanks for that, Henning. Weasley syllables. Also Weasley like that. I also, syllables. I also like that he's gone, I know where I can slag him off. The podcast, there's no Wilborn on them. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Henning. <laughs> the one place you actually can't get away from Wilborn. <laughs> Dread it. Run from it. <laughs> anyway, so this week's quiz, can you guess what it's about? Camels. It's about animals in wrestling. <laughs> God. I thought, and you know what? I thought it was going to be Pitbull, and you said, well, yeah, but it's dogs. Right. <laughs> no, it's all about animals in wrestling. Usual rules. Ten questions, multiple choice, shout your name, wait for me to come to you. And just remember, it's just for fun. It is just for fun, mainly because we've run out of biscuits again. And they <laughs> okay, question number one. At which pay-per-view did the kennel from hell Conflict. match... I forgot you, you're playing here. Yeah, right. Not got oh, a chance. Unforgiven 1999. It's only the year, but... Yay! <laughs> Shall I just go? <laughs> okay. Question number two. Boogeyman, or the boogeyman, I should say, often ate worms on television. But... According to a random article that may or may not be true because it claimed his net worth was $5 million. <laughs> what did Boogeyman say his favorite food was? Is it spaghetti? Because Hamlet, hey. before you do the options, I'm going to take an enormous punt on this. Hello. Is it crisps slash potato chips? No, dear. That's oh, oh, I completely I yeah. right. Do you know why? Yes. He once did a WWE live stream. Vince Man loves him, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's like, oh, I have 15 minutes on the network, you're mad old. Okay. And he was like, okay, what do you want me to talk about? Anything. And somebody cut together the fact that he just like was really bored sat in this room on his own. Like, and he's full gimmick, the whole deal. And he's like, somebody's asked him a question on like the, on the stream or whatever, going like, uh, what crisps do you like? And he's like, cheese and onion, really salty. And then it cuts through <laughs> later on, he's like, Sometimes I'll go for Pringles. <laughs> Full deal, just banging all these different crisps. That's a great guess to be fair. Love it. I love how he always goes to like WrestleCon and places like that in full gimmick gear. Yeah. He never wants an interview with us, but he still goes there <laughs> in full gimmick gear. I mean, we, can, we can win him over eventually, I think. Uh, so, Phil, your options are okay. spaghetti, Fair. pizza, okay. biscuits, or raw food. <laughs> <laughs> God, just raw food. My favorite food is raw. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. Is it normal? Is it not? Oh, raw food's too weird. I'm going to go with raw food. Yay! Yeah. Well, wait a minute. You, we're all thinking our oh, food hasn't been cooked. No, it's food that's in those parties on retro raw shows. <laughs> <laughs> the props. It's just like he, just, he goes there, he arms it up, and he takes it with him. Finally, I'm back. I love that answer because it reminds me of uh, a Stephen Gerrard uh, interview, famous uh, English footballer, who was asked, 
Stephen, who's not the sharpest tool in the box. <laughs> Stephen, what's your favourite type of cheese? And he went, um, melted cheese. <laughs> <laughs> when it's on the toast, you want to cook it just right so this does not slip. <laughs> you, can do it, you can do it. You put the toaster on the side. You can just cook yourself. Put it in the grill. <laughs> Soon to be melted. <laughs> right, uh, one each. Question number three. Who was the, according to Cage Match at least, who was the last wrestler beaten with the Cobra on WWE television? Was it Heath Slater, Damian Sandow, Bo Dallas, or Chavo Guerrero? Ooh. Humphrey. Ooh. I'll go Bo Dallas. No, dear, that's wrong. Uh, What were the other ones again? Uh, Heath Slater, Damian Sandow, or Chavo Guerrero? I'm going to go with Damien Sando. Why not? Yay! It was Damien Sando in about 50 seconds. I think he did some sort of open challenge and then, then he got then. Nice. And then I think they probably go broke up for at least. Question four, two, one to Phil. Fingers on your buzzers for this one because I don't think we're going to get to the options. <laughs> How did Sting once stop Eric Bischoff from interfering in Humphlet. a... <laughs> A big old bird. Are you <laughs> saying guard bird? No, I'm saying guard bird. <laughs> it is a guard bird. Massive bird. If you've never seen this, honestly, stop this podcast right now. Go on YouTube, type in Sting TNA guard bird. You wo- hang on, they'll come back now. You're welcome. Uh, the other options there would have been a snake, an elephant, or 30 to 50 feral hogs. <laughs> the elephant in the room at the time was Hulk Hogan once a week. <laughs> Oh, I love that Joker Sting period because he'd go, oh, I'm going crazy. I'm rubbing my face paint's all rubbing up. <laughs> Except for the one time he went, oh, I'm rubbing all this face paint on my face. That's all the black face paint, Sting. You can't do that, brother. <laughs> uh, to each, question five. This is an either or, so if you get it wrong, the point goes to your opponent. Which arm of Randy Savage's did Damien bite? Humphlet. <laughs> Left. Yay! Nightmarish, that one, it. I love it more than most wrestling that's ever happened <laughs> since. Like not like without hyperbole, I, c- I could watch that a hundred times and it never loses a moment of terror. Uh, it, like its impact is in full. And the best bit is not even when the snake bites his arm. It's that one split second when it turns towards his face. Randy Savage <laughs> is trapped in the ropes. And what the f- is Jake Roberts going to do with the cobra? If he just goes, he's not going to say, no dear, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. The cobra's going to bite Randy Savage's face and there's nothing anyway. It is terrifying. He's like paintbrushing it and going, and then the best is not, you don't even watch, don't watch Jake, don't watch Damien, don't watch Randy Savage. Watch the kids in the crowd. <laughs> so I remember him, uh, Jake Snake was on Rogan's podcast many, many moons ago and uh, they were just lo- watching it back and going, look at that kid. Like, this kid's just like, oh. <laughs> Homework assignment for anybody listening to this podcast, if you're into the madness of this cobra and the fact that it existed on television for like six months, Google YouTube Survivor Series 1991, Jake the Snake, and you'll find the various promos that they used to cut with the team. It's Jake and his team. And he has the cobra pointing at the camera while he's and it's Survivor Series, you know, Sid, your team, we're going to get you, blah, blah, blah. IRS is typically to like Jake's left. And that cobra's head is moving all over the place, and IRS's eyes, he can't stay focused. I'm just a tough Turksman. He's like, I'm really scared of that. Things going to bite me. Like, any, like, there's about four or five of them, and every single time you can see his head trying to get away from the stick. Uh, right, halfway, three two to Hamlet. Okay, next question about animals in wrestling. 
Who did Rhino beat <laughs> to become ECW champion? You're running out of questions already. <laughs> I, 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 actual just, oh, trust me, I've got some good stuff coming. Don't worry. Uh, I'm just pacing myself. Who did Rhino beat to become ECW champion? Tommy Dreamer, Just Incredible, The Sandman, or Jerry Lynn? Hamlet. The Sandman. Knowledge. Could ECW knowledge that? Uh, question seven. <laughs> no, I really like this one. How much was Bruno Sammartino paid for every five minutes that he wrestled an orangutan? Wasn't <laughs> 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 ready for that. Did he do a gorilla press? Very nice. Yeah, How long did he wrestle him for? I think fifteen minutes. I just glanced at this on Wikipedia before we came in here. Wow. Was it ten dollars? $25, oh my God. $50, this or $100. You think this is going to be in like thousands yeah, or something? Yeah, Me too. Wow. Uh, Phil, the classic fee in wrestling, 50 No, dear, uh, that's wrong. What are the options? 10 25 50 or 100 Bruno had a hard oh life. God. I'm going to go the other end, I'm going to go the lowest. $10. $10. No, dear, that's wrong. He did only make $25. Oh, my God. So he made probably $75 for a 15-minute match with an orangutan. Sheesh. And I think... I'm going to Google this because I I found it. Okay. Let me just remember what he said. It was a great quote I saw. Just halfway through a match with an orangutan, you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) He's going like like Veda Shamrock. He's up. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. WWF champion Bruno Sammartino wrestling an orangutan in a match. Uh, it went 15 minutes, $25 for every five minutes. <laughs> Someone you know, expressed that he was under the impression that the ape would be a monkey. But he, <laughs> he only took the match because he was relatively desperate for money. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. I that. did wonder when we tried to get him for WCPW, he insisted on working primate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, question eight. Still, no, 4-2 to Hamlet. Okay. Question eight. What was the name of the bear... Yeah, we don't know. We're not endorsing, by the way, any of this wrestling animals. Lock. What was the name of the bear that used to wrestle for Stampede Wrestling? Hamlet. Terrible Ted. I can't believe you got that. <laughs> the options would have been Nasty Nick, Terrible Ted, Brutal Bill, or Horrible Henry. There's a picture, lovely, of, like this bear. <laughs> on top of Stu Hart. And you only remember Stu Hart as like the, the very, very old dad yeah. of Brett in WWE. And you just, you can hear this picture. It's like, get off me, you bear. <laughs> bear is on top of him. Like they're both horizontal. It looks like an act of love. But like, he's, a, he's a bear. <laughs> you're not going to put him in a submission. Like, you're not going to take him in the dungeon. <laughs> is it, is it? Sure, sure, I think I've got a bear. the photo here. Is it that one? <laughs> it's not that one. That's, I didn't, I didn't, I've never seen the Colin Elbow tie-up. That's, that's him with his owner, Dave McKigney. Oh, man. Oh, that's Stu Hart wrestling a tiger. It's trying to grab a hold. <laughs> Come on, give me your arm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they're both in the ropes there, so the <laughs> referee should be administering a five count. I just wanted to. I love I love that long-standing Pritchard one about ringing Vince and being like, "Come on, give Jim, give Jim another jab." You think I know? I love those times being a wrestling fan when you just realise, oh yeah, this is just a carny thing. This, oh, is, just, this is pure, pure carny. Like they're all circus animals. <laughs> yeah. Like the camel's no less of a worker than <laughs> yeah. Riddle on his back. Sorry, just reading about this, got distracted. Hercules, another celebrated wrestling bear, appeared with Terrible Ted in Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. After quitting the sport, which I like that, I was like, 
That's it, guys. I'm off. It's a, you're a bear. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm not suggesting that he should, should, shouldn't have stopped wrestling. He quit the sport, moved to Scotland. <laughs> Pack my bags. I'm off. See you later, guys. And retiring and t- I just like the way this is written. I get what they're trying to put across, but quit the sport, moved to Scotland, and took up acting. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, incredible. He was uh, in the James Bond movie Octopussy and was named Personality of the Year by the Scottish Tourist Board. <laughs> However, like, tighter headlock than John Cena. <laughs> oh, some good stuff. And not even the best wrestling bear because Japan has Andre's a giant panda. Mm, of course. <laughs> uh, question nine. How many... <laughs> How many hogs were involved in the hog pen match between Henry O'Godwin and Triple H? Was it 6, 10, 14, or 18 Are we hogs? including Henry O in this? Because technically... Not. It would be 7, 11, <laughs> 15, and 19. Did you pause it and count the picks? No, I just read it okay. somewhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, Phil, why not? Second one. 10. 10. Or 11. No, dear, uh, that's wrong. I don't know, so I'm going to go... I don't think there was that many, so I'm going to go seven. Yay! Correct. I, do you know what, why I thought about that? Because of that wonderful story that somebody, everybody tells that um, as a rib, Owen Hart like, let them into Vince McMahon's office and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> so like, the idea, like 15 pigs or something in the bil- back of a building. There were some dark stories that I read about this as I was trying to find it. Because I was like, I'm trying to get one um, for, what was the name of the, the, pa- the parakeet, the macaw? Oh, and Coco funky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then I was re- all I could find out was the horrific death that it suffered yeah. in a house fight, which sounds terrible. And then there was another one, which is, you know, I don't want to make light of, but I think the British Bulldogs had been riling up Damien or, like, like chucking cigar- lit cigarettes and just, you know, when it, so when Jake tried to get Damien out of the bag, it bit him. So he, what was the name of the, the bulldog that they had? Matilda. Matilda. Yeah. Yeah, he felt it, felt it laxatives. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on, is it? Like, these are these are children that are dressed as big adults and they shouldn't be allowed animals. <laughs> Just like, yeah, it was really funny. Pooed all over the... Well, <laughs> probably quite quite dangerously ill, to be honest. I wouldn't leave my eight- and five-year-old alone in charge of an animal, so you shouldn't <laughs> leave ginormous idiot men with the same mental age <laughs> in charge of animals on a never-ending road schedule, no less. Like, going from town to town with a literal snake in a bag or a bulldog in the boot of a car. <laughs> God knows how much booze and drugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not even my room, it's a <laughs> rental room. <laughs> Final question, question 10. Uh, Hamlet running away with this one now. Six, two? Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Final question. What did Teddy Hart claim he was training a dog to do? <laughs> a dog? Oh, man. I was about uh, to, like, dive in with cats. Yeah, that was Mr. Deal, Money the Cat, yeah. He claimed, what was he claiming that he'd train training the dog to do? Counter pinfall. Jump off the top rope. Distract the referee. Or low blow his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> I will say he also, alongside this, said he was training the dog to bring a weapon to ringside for him, which I thought was a nice little touch. Just like when the referee's not looking. <laughs> Brass knocks, quick. Phil, why not? What were they again? Counter pinfall, jump off the top rope, distract the referee, low blow his opponent. As cute as it would be to have a little <laughs> ref dog, don't think it's that one. Can't be jumping off the top rope. Low blow would be hilarious. But I'm going to go with the distraction. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Well done. 
He would tug at the referee's leg to distract him. That was what he was training the dog to. Nice. No word as to whether nice. that was ever successful. I like it. But, yeah, I mean... Hey, it'd work well in modern-day WWE, that, I'm telling you. I wish, I wish, like, Teddy Hart had wrestled Terrible Ted. <laughs> like, I know who's the more terrible of the two Teds. <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not the bear. <laughs> so, Phil, you got that last question right, but I have to say congratulations to Michael Hampler. You are the winner of this week's Quiz, where can people find you on Twitter? At Michael Humphlet, and they can find Phil Chambers. At Phil My Chambers, and they can find Wilborn. At Adam Wilborn, thank you very much for a thrilling episode of Wrestle Culture. Let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed on Crown Jewel, on the Road Ahead to Survivor series, and all the good stuff coming your way. Maybe Braun Strowman, or whatever he's called now, is going to show up at Bound for Glory <laughs> this weekend. Let us know your thoughts on all that on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE, and subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Dadly Boys have previewed Rampage. We've also got the SmackDown preview on there. And we'll be previewing Dynamite tomorrow, so make sure you stick around for that one. But for now, this has been Wrestle Culture. My thanks to Michael Hamford, to Phil Chambers. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Wrestle Culture is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Wrestling! Bears! <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.